I was wondering how, how was life after winning the World Pro? Because you say uh, pre preparation with these guys. Man, yeah. girls, money, fame. <laughs> like. <laughs>
And and what about right now for you? What's what's an average day for you right now during the lockdown? A normal day at frontline, we drill every day nine uh, nine in the morning, uh, nine or ten, and then we uh, we go home, we rest, we do the other things we have to fix during the day, uh, and then we train again uh, at the evening from five uh, thirty to eight nine. It depends which classes there are. So basically, we have two uh, trainings every day. Yeah. Uh, sessions every day but now we have um, minus two sessions every day so which <laughs> which means we yeah basically that, that's why i started to train in the with the street workout guys because i thought they also train a lot especially when the weather is i think we are pretty lucky with the weather because it's not uh, the coldest winter if you know what i mean yeah now we can go out and train like uh, um, yeah what type of exercises are those for people who don't know anything about it uh, basically it's uh, it's a lot of uh, exercise with your body right uh, pullovers uh, pull-ups push-ups things like that yeah and if you uh, and if you're next level you can start to do push-ups with your with only your hands like when, while your feet are on uh, off the ground Right. So, which I think is pretty cool and pretty useful for jiu-jitsu as well, because you know you're always holding the bar, so your grips are getting getting stronger. You're working with your body, which is very essential for jiu-jitsu as well. Right. Yeah. So, very good. I think it's uh, uh, especially for me. I think it's very good uh, alternative training for jiu-jitsu. Cool. Yeah. And, and besides keeping yourself busy and also keeping your body in shape with that how do you how do you stay motivated how do you keep your mind kind of clear because i can imagine it's it's also a lot of pressure for you not being able to compete not be, being able to to do what you love and do what you want to do uh you know uh the thing with the motivation i think um we like we human beings we are uh, creatures that need to have a goal right and that's why i set a goal that i would compete in the street championships no matter what mm -hmm. because uh, that's what keeps keeps me going you know i think of oh shit if i go and compete and i don't know anything it's gonna be embarrassing it's gonna hurt so that's why i'm, tra I'm training every day now to <laughs> learn some new tricks yeah to get stronger and uh, at the same time i think that this would uh, make my body stronger which is uh, always uh benefit when it comes to jiu-jitsu so that's the goal setting motivates me every time yeah is that also in jiu-jitsu what what brought you to where you are today just uh, set high goals absolutely like uh, when i started i knew that jiu-jitsu takes it takes like 10 years in uh, average to get your black belt and and then i thought shit if it, it takes 10 years it means it has to be difficult and uh, then i started and then i Like after one year, I set a high a goal that I want to win black belt worlds. Yeah. So and that was keeping me going, even though I had bachelor's degree besides two, three, uh, two or three part time jobs. Like when you set a high goal, you have no excuse to not go to train. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you you kind of one level removed from that. You're already brown belt uh, world champ at the Abu Dhabi World Pro. Um, before that, you also had successes, but also a lot of setbacks. And then you kind of blew through. Maybe it looked like that for uh, for some people. Uh, you were standing there on the podium. How 
How how did that feel for you at that moment? Uh, you know, in in my final match, I had a really good uh, fighter. Uh, I I mean, he there's nothing he hasn't been winning. Uh, when from white to black belt, even now he's doing really good. Yes. Yeah. So for me, winning against him in the final was really huge uh, because uh, I have lost against him already two times before that. But still, you know, uh, I think there is something inside me. Even if I lose a match on points or on whatever, I, I, if I, uh, I have a feeling that I still can win over the guy. You know, and uh, for me, winning over that guy in the final meant more than actually the medal because it was a uh, uh, confirmation to myself that I'm really good. You know, I, it's not just my head tricking me. I'm really good. I can beat the good guys. I can compete with the best guys. So that was more important for me than the medal itself. Right. And then when I suddenly, uh, when we were driving back and I was... Um, writing the most important um facebook the um facebook and instagram post about the medal yeah then then it uh, then i realized that oh shit i i have been dreaming about this like a lot of years and suddenly i have the medal and yeah that felt really good and then i couldn't hold my tears anymore and yeah 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 you know, drama, drama. wow <laughs> How, how did you prepare for the World Pro? Did, did you have like a a plan for training, for dieting? I heard you you do you have a mental coach, or you did have a mental coach at that point? Yeah, we had um, uh, we have had the mental coach then in like one year already at that time, and uh, we trained together with our guys like me, Haki Mazari, Alexander Dio, Muhammad, and Hama. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is our my uh, main uh, sparring partners because their weight classes are the same as mine and we know each other's games so basically which it means that we always have to think further than so you yeah. know because yeah. if you roll with a new person you just use your old tricks because they don't know you Yeah. but if you roll with a guy who knows what you have then you always have to adapt and be better than you were yesterday so and of course, our trainer who was pushing us because uh, we had a really good um, trainings before the Abu Dhabi. Yeah. So that was a good time. Cool. Do, how how do you balance that out? You mentioned training with the, the same training partner so you can all the time think a few steps further and keep sharpening that same game. Um, do you also like to train every now and then with, especially with new people so that they also... Uh, uh, surprise you with with their uh, old tricks and their A game? Absolutely, I think you should train with both. You should train with new guys just to see if the tricks you are doing on the regular guys work on the others as well, right? Yeah. And also, if if you can see if they can learn you some, uh, teach you something new. Yeah. Like um, not so long time ago, like one week ago, I had a sparring session with a black belt from another club in Norway, and uh, some of my tricks worked. Some didn't. He showed me also some few uh, sneaky attacks, which I, which I didn't expect because no one does that our training, right? Right. So already at that, that one session, I became so much better. Like when I remember when I was driving home, I was thinking, "Oh, nice! I would never do this mistake again. I which I should uh, keep my elbow a bit tighter at that position." Yeah. So you should absolutely roll with everyone. Cool. 
unless they are really bad, then <laughs> don't roll with them. Because then I think, yeah, especially if you're on a high level uh, and the, the guy is uh, white level one stripe, so I, I wouldn't waste my time so much. Sure, yeah, of course. And and how was it for you preparing for the for the World Pro? Because you you do have the the opportunity to roll with a lot of uh, high level athletes at your gym and train under under a professor like uh, Eduardo Rios. Uh, how is that for you going into the event? Uh, you know, it's it wasn't our first time going to the World Pro, so sure. like normal. And uh, you know, with the World Pro, what we like most is the trip itself, because then we have a we have a close friend that lives in Abu Dhabi. We stay at his house, and uh, basically, it's a very cozy time for us. You know, like uh, because now with the boys, everyone has its his life except frontline. The only place we see each other is at frontline. Yeah. So I, I'm really looking forward to trips because then we are, we get to know each other even more every time we travel together, compete together. Um, we get uh, like a small family out abroad that takes care of each other. And that's where I um, yeah like the most. But when it comes to preparations, going back to the question, it's it was the same. The same. Yeah. So, but if you compare it to maybe you know other people in Europe that that are in your space, let's say, but but they don't have the same level of sparring partners, at, at least not that many, or a teacher. Do, do, are you conscious of that, that you feel like, okay, I really have a, a good infrastructure here that can help me uh, to push to the next level? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I feel really blessed to have these guys around because I remember it, it wasn't like this always, you know, because I have been training in small clubs as well, yeah. where I was the only guy who wants to compete, but I, I didn't have the sparring partners, right? And be, without sparring partners, you would never be as good as you want to. Yeah, yeah. So, pretty lucky with that. Right. Did I understand the question right? Yeah, yeah, perfect. Thanks, okay. man. I was wondering how, how was life after winning the World Pro? Because you say uh, pre preparation with these guys, Man, yeah. girls, money, fame. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, Even more groupies. Uh, <laughs> uh, life after the Abu Dhabi, we came back. We had some extra money. Uh, it it was actually one of the first competitions where we came back richer than the, op the <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> opposite way around because right. usually we, we yeah usually we come back poor from the competitions right but this time uh, we came with a smile on our face back so I came and I knew that we had worlds in front of us so I was just setting a new goal and training towards her. yeah. Just go, go get get straight into uh, the next project. Yeah, absolutely. Because, yeah. you know, even though it's World Pro, uh, something in my head was saying that it's brown belt, so relax, it's nothing huge yet. Yeah. So just train. Your goal is to win black belts. So I was just, okay, this was this medal, and let's go to the next. And, and how is, like right now, obviously that's kind of put on a hold. How, mm. how is your planning in that sense? Are you... Are you obviously thinking about it, but are you making any plans? Like then and then I expect the gyms will reopen, then I can do this tournament. Is there any 
thing going on on that level? Uh, you know, uh, I have heard that the Abu Dhabi will have the competition in November this year. Yeah. Because they postponed that to the November. And um, I'm already training towards that, like with the calisthenic, calisthenics trainings. And also, you know, I have a private classes with uh, one guy, like okay. four times a week. So, and with him, we are strictly doing now positional sparring. So, you know, my mount before this was awful. And now we have been training a lot of mount training, like uh, escapes, attacks and stuff. Yeah. So I'm uh, basically, I'm fixing the small details in my game to be to become a better fighter than I was yesterday. So every private class I have, I try to teach uh, him what I know and also try the new positions. So we both learn. Yeah, yeah. That's so awesome. I'm really thankful for the opportunity I have to do do that this way you know not only go to the class just to earn money and go back but sure. also to evolve right okay um well besides being a full-time jiu-jitsu competitor of course at the moment there's a bit of a, a break in that let's say but you're also very active as an entrepreneur i can imagine normally that's uh a, quite a task to to do that on the side of training so much to do it in between classes and going back and forth from the gym um as as mentioned in introduction you sell jujitsu gear you have a restaurant uh you're now work, working in housing renovation and real estate you uh you also have a university degree in finance um have you always been this entrepreneurial and, and where do you think this comes from uh just to um maybe you need uh, to correct me on a few uh yeah, details just to correct about the restaurant <laughs> I don't have any anyone yet, but it, my one of my plans was to open an Azerbaijanian restaurant in Norway, which is uh, which actually we talked a lot about that yesterday. So maybe it's gonna become a reality really soon. But for now, guys, I don't have any restaurant. Okay, okay, uh, but, correct. <laughs> yeah, um, that's how it know, spins have... in my mind. You know, you just told me I might open a restaurant, and I just stack yeah. it on top of your achievements. Thank you. It's done already. Yeah. Um, um, basically, I haven't never, I haven't always been so entrepreneurial, but uh, I think I started to be that when I saw that, uh, you know, once I, I was talking to a guy who was really doing it good when it comes to business. And then uh, I was starting, my, I was taking my bachelor's degree then. And then I asked him, like, uh, what are you doing to, what should I do to, which work should I get in order to be uh, uh, successful? And then he said to me, he said to me one thing I will never forget. He said to me, you cannot work to get rich. I said, what do you mean? He said, you have to open something. You have to do something uh, big from nothing, like uh, open something new, you know, and then sell it maybe later. Yeah. Uh, if it's a company or whatever, that's how you're going to get rich. And that changed my mindset forever because then I thought it's true because if you work for normal salary, everything goes to expenses anyway, right? And then you, you will maybe get some extra small uh, savings, but it will not make you rich. Yeah. So what makes you rich is actually thinking a bit further to uh, create something new, create something new that people would uh, like, would uh, use their money for too so and then after that i started to see uh, my mind like shifted 
the same day and I started to see like small opportunities here and there. And what's rich in your definition? Do you have a specific number in mind or is it just like a shitload of money or? <laughs> uh, <laughs> what's if, if you say a guy's rich, how much money does he have uh, in net worth, net worth I, or stacked away? You know, I think because I'm from Azerbaijan, and there, if you're if you have million, then you're rich, right? We had this uh, figure million yeah. dollars. But um, right now, uh, I mean, maybe also because I'm getting a bit um, older, and I have uh, what I have everything I need, right? So for me, rich is basically to have the freedom to do whatever you want, right? Right? It's not in numbers for me. It's more in the uh, freedom to. To let's say, if you want to go to somewhere with your uh, with your wife, with your girlfriend, that you just buy tickets and you go without thinking about the money. Yeah. For me, that's being rich. And uh, if you if you can have this lifestyle with one million, right, then you're rich. If you can have this lifestyle with ten, then you're also yeah uh, yeah. It I think it depends from person to person. Yeah, makes sense. So for me, it's not in numbers. It's in um, the freedom to make what you want, whatever you want. Yeah. And obviously the number that you need for that is, is different in Norway and in Azerbaijan. If you, Absolutely. If you, right. Absolutely. Uh, what, what would you advise other athletes who are working towards their dreams in, in terms of jujitsu competition or maybe owning a gym one day? Um, but at the moment they they also need to make a living, you know, to, to support themselves. What are you um, you are obviously doing that very successfully, taking care of yourself financially and beyond that. Um, but also being a full-time competitor at the same time, would you, what would you advise to, to other people trying to do the same? Guys, you can't imagine how lucky you are that you train jiu-jitsu. You know why? Because since jiu-jitsu isn't regulated, right? Nobody helps us. So we have to find our own sponsors. We have to learn marketing while we train. We have to learn how to sell ourselves, like as an athletes, how we train. We are really, really lucky that we, we don't have to just focus on one thing. I think that's a really good thing because jujitsu, right? It's gonna you only have jujitsu, let's say, for 15, 20 years as a competitor. After that, you have to live somehow. You have to somehow pay the bills, right? Like I see a lot of pro- professional athletes. Uh, let's say since they are their sport is regulated, regulated, and they get some money just to doing for for doing the sport they don't have to evolve this uh, marketing skills as we do right they don't have to uh, learn how to sell as the jiu jitsu guys do so i think it's we are a little bit uh, lucky that our sport is still in the beginning steps to become worldwide popular right which which basically pushes us to not only be good in jiu jitsu but also be uh, learn some things in other areas of our life. So I think uh, if you, uh, for for guys who train jiu-jitsu and want to be financially uh, doing well financially as well, just think that you are lucky because, you know, when I was a blue belt, just a short story, when I was a blue belt, I was thinking, man, I, I wish I could do judo because these guys, they have a national team. They get all the support. They get this and that. So basically, my mindset was uh, almost like begging for some extra attention, money, and support, right? 
And then when I switched my mind and thought, man, these guys, they don't, they don't do anything. They just train. They don't have to evolve themselves, you know. But, men, uh, but uh, meanwhile, I train jiu-jitsu. I also have to learn some marketing. I also have to learn some, I have to see some opportunities uh, during the road, which makes me a better person, right? So if you, if you, if you guys just shift your mindset to that, I think your life is going to be much easier. So basically, you should look it in a positive way that uh, we have to struggle a bit more. So, and that will, um, I hope that will help you as it helped me. Yeah, that's an awesome point to make. Do, do, you, do you see a lot of uh, people well, thri- striving to become a champion? Do you see this particular thing going wrong? Or is there, like, what do you think is the the main thing that goes wrong with people that at some point set off to become a champion, but at some point they just get off course or. Yeah. Uh, like what I see, especially in Norway and Azerbaijan is um, like not so much in Norway right now because people with the minimum wage salary or part-time job, they still can train a lot of times in a week, right? They still can pursue dreams if they want to. But like in Azerbaijan and I guess in um, in the poor countries as well, people have to prioritize their work there instead of uh, judice, you know, because uh, the bills are not going to pay themselves and the, uh, the government doesn't help you as much as it does in these uh, uh, wealthy countries. Right. So Unless you do wrestling like, or something. Yes, and and I mean, let's say you, uh, your country has 10 million people, and a wrestling team, national wrestling team, has 30 guys inside. Yeah, you know, so it, it's basically very. Thing. Yeah, you have to be like super, super good in order to be there. So it it basically stops kids from dreaming big, just because they know that it's very hard to go there, and you also have to to pay your bills. They don't even try. Right. So that's what I think stops people, uh, like the fin- financial, uh, even though we try to focus on the other aspects of the game, of the life, the financial aspect always is there, wherever you do. Yeah. Well, for people listening that that are right now uh, living in the, the countries where you do get a bit more financial support, uh, yeah, that's a very good point to make uh, that you, you have to feel lucky about that. Mm, absolutely yeah. you know that that was also one of my motivations i was thinking when i still was a blue belt i was thinking man i'm so lucky that i have to work only two three times a week yeah and still can train jiu-jitsu can go to make my studies uh, maybe i was sleeping a bit less than normal but i was still you know like this uh, i thought in the place where i come from i would never have the opportunity like that so i have to use it to the fullest yeah. So for you guys who have the who live in Europe, especially the good parts, the wealthy parts of Europe, uh, be thankful and just uh, train your hardest. <clears throat> be grateful. If, if you hadn't, if you hadn't had jujitsu, you you haven't been you hadn't been going on the journey for some whatever reason. What do you think you would be doing right now? <clears throat> Most probably, I would just uh, get a regular job. And uh, yeah, have a nine to five job, uh, yeah. yeah, and maybe play PlayStation at the evenings with my friends every day. 
<laughs> get fat, because grow a belly. Maybe, maybe. maybe. <laughs> and where, where do you see yourself if you look ten years from now? Oh, ten years from now, I have uh, most probably my own gym with my uh, close friends. Uh, one of the best gyms in Europe, in world, in the world. Also, I am. Um, I have most probably seven kids. Seven, uh, man. <laughs> it's the lucky number, you know. So I don't want to mess around. What's with the, the, What's the score right now? <laughs> Zero. Well, man, you have to get to work. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just kidding about the seven kids. But most probably, I'm gonna have some kids. Um, my our gym, which gonna, which is the goal, is to be one of the best gyms in the world. Because otherwise, I don't see any. I don't want to open a gym unless you want to be the best in the world. Yeah, and of course, a real estate business, which I'm gonna kill. Right. Can, uh, can you tell us a little bit about that? What you're doing now, right now, in the real estate? Uh, so right now we are um, renovating houses. So we buy a house, we renovate it, and then we. The thing here is that, um, like the first house, right? The, the, first, the first house we started with. In Norway, you have a, a law that says that if you s sell a house um, before that, like before having it in one year, then you have to pay 25% taxes on the return, what yeah. you win, yeah. right? So that's why uh, the first plan was to just buy, renovate, rent out until one year has gone, and then I can sell. And uh, basically, that's when you do it on your name, right? Like when you're, when you're a private person and you do that. Yeah. But when you're a corporation, when you're a company, then you can buy 10 houses, renovate and sell without um, thinking Thanks. about those 25%, right? So uh, so now we, op uh, we already finished like uh, two houses. Uh, so now I'm opening a company, which uh, so I will do everything through the company the next year, or as as soon as you open that. Awesome. So, so you learn. It's almost like jujitsu. You know, you want to pass his guard this way. You pass. You get caught in a triangle. Okay, then you say, now I have to do something else. So the business is the same. Yeah. So you get caught with the taxes. You are like, oh, <laughs> I have to do something else. I have to adapt. Do this and that. So yeah. You, Problem solving everywhere. Right. Well, well, uh, I'd like to see 10 years from now uh, how that has grown. Then uh, you're going to be the real estate mogul here in, in this part of the world. It will be interesting. <laughs> I will learn. Yeah, <laughs> I hope so. Um, last question for people now in the lockdown. Can't wait to get back to the gym. What What's the number one advice you can give to to keep their mind focused and, and just, just stay sane, uh, basically? Uh, I mean, like for me, especially, you know, for me and uh, some guys I know who has been training a lot of jiu-jitsu, like for two, three, uh, two, three times a day. Actually, for me, it was a kind of a blessing to first time in a, like in this period of seven years that I've been training to not go to the gym and still don't have the bad consciousness, you know, because every time I was thinking, shit, there's a training and I'm here. I was getting uh, like a bad con uh, conscious because uh, I could have been there. 
right? Right. Which meant that if, if you have like these small injuries in your body, they would never heal up 100%, right? But now I, I have had the opportunity to heal up 100%, even learn some new things with my body, like, uh, like the street workout thing, right? And also, your my mind has been um, relaxing a little bit of not thinking about the competition all the time, you know. Because especially in uh, jujitsu, since uh, since uh, it's not regulated yet, we don't have on and off season. There's always competitions, right? No gi, no, no gi season, gi season, uh, whatever season, right? There's always something to train to. So we have, we haven't never had like. Um, one month free, no competition season. Yeah. So I think personally, if you think that this is actually good for your mind and good for your body to relax a little bit, that, that would be easier on the, that would be easier for you to live it than if you always think, oh shit, I haven't, I haven't been training for two months. My jiu-jitsu is getting worse. You can use this two months to start the game. You can go, uh, <clears throat> Watch the fights of the greats, right? Look some uh, new new tricks that they use, maybe implement that to your game. So I think if you look at this situation that way, your life would be much easier and your mind as well. If you think positive, right, it's gonna help you to stay uh, stay focused at, at least in in that way. Yeah. Well, <coughs> thanks a lot. I think that's super useful for people. Um, and I think everybody can can hear from that answer alone, but from the rest of your interview, people know you that you're a super positive guy and uh, kind of a glass half full uh, personality to see the positive thing in everything. So that that's awesome. Um, yeah, thanks a lot for, for taking the time for doing this. And uh, um, well, we hope to, of course, be all out of this crisis soon and then uh, – see you going up from there in jiu-jitsu and obviously in business as well and the rest of life. Thank you, brother. Uh, say hi to everyone at BJJ Fight Year Team. Yeah, will do. Thanks, brother. Have a good day. Thank you for having me. Have hi. a nice day. Us. Hey. Us.